Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Derbit, 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 derbit. Give me back my dog. Give me back my dog. You can't take my dog on that aeroplane. I'm not buying a ticket. I'm not buying a ticket. I thought I'd try. I like the songs at the start, but I I think the music I like has a, a storytelling element in it normally, and it doesn't. The start songs don't normally do that. So yeah. Yeah, that was a song called where a guy stole someone's dog and hopped right on a plane, and the person loved their dog, but but not enough to buy a ticket to board the plane. Oh, yeah. Wow, I mean, yeah. see, this is why it's great to be able to hear the story from the artist, like the story behind the story. Because mm. my interpretation in my head was that for some reason they were also being told they'd have to buy a ticket for the dog, and now uh. I realise <laughs> that that makes that makes no sense at all. But but I, that was the way I, I took it. I just thought, oh, this is a bit quirky. But I realized that the way you're telling it makes so much more sense. There's so much more depth. See, I, yeah. I thought it was good hearing the story from the artist because I didn't know there was a story. Yeah. <laughs> the only words that I heard was, I didn't buy a ticket like yeah. that. <laughs> and that would have been enough for me. That's, I want you to know that you brought more than was necessary. Oh, great. So yeah. there's storytelling and then there's storytelling telling, which is where you tell people that you're telling a story. Yeah. And that's kind of quite an important part we're learning because otherwise they might just think it's unrelated words. Especially mm. if they weren't listening, and but they yeah. love stories. <laughs> <laughs> they love stories, hate listening. Yeah. But if you can give them a heads up that a story might be happening. Or had happened, yeah. they'll, they'll perk up and ask you to repeat it. So they won't listen. It's a, maybe, but they just like the idea that a, idea that a story mm. was told. Is it is it interesting that jokes don't work if you have to explain the joke, but stories only work if you do explain the story? Uh, <laughs> is is a story not just explaining what the story is? Uh, well, I mean, it could could be mostly visual. Yeah, and then but then really you're just translating the story from visual into yeah. into auditory. Yeah, buddy, have you ever seen Wally? Uh, that's yeah. Yeah, it's mostly visual, man. No one's telling <laughs> that story. Anyway, you're listening to Two in the Think Tank, the podcast where we come up with five, five sketch, sketch ideas. ideas. And with us in the tank is um, friend of the tank uh, and uh, Alistair. And you. <laughs> you 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 had a special way you wanted to introduce the guest. Oh, you talked about yeah. it beforehand. You made a big deal of it. Oh, he's internet celebrity Jack Drew. Yeah, that's, that's right. Oh, thank you. I don't think um, we've ever applauded a single audience oh, wow. member. That's great. I think I've. I was thinking about this on the way here, and I think I've brought both good and evil to this podcast in my brief appearances. Because I, I think I started the idea of uh, going through the sketches and saying which ones Ants would like. Yes, which you're, I, you're I, the godfather. Of... I love listening to that. I'm a huge fan of that. But I think I also uh, 
started the tradition of using the three words to fuck with you guys, and I, I'm so sorry about that. I don't, didn't mean to do that. I think that's okay. Hey, it's been okay. People have stopped fucking with us recently uh, uh, with yeah. the three words. Sometimes we just fuck with ourselves. Yeah. yeah. We come pre-fucked. Uh, so, mm. you know, sometimes the words that fuck with us unfuck us, and then we're, we're just guys, you know. Unfucked guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Thank you for coming on here, Jack Joseph. You've had in the past so many podcasts. Yeah, I. It's not so much a compliment; it's just not being able to stick to doing things. Um, well, I mean, I you're a walking like, podcast graveyard. I mm. am. Yeah, yeah. I I look through. <laughs> I see the the ghosts of all in this room. The ghosts of all the podcasts I've ever tried. And I look through those ghosts. Your your podcast is littered <laughs> with uh yeah with corpses. Yeah, yeah. It's a real audio graveyard. I think it's like you are uh, because you like podcasts and you think oh, I should do one, mm. and then you do one and you forget that like well these take work and also people don't listen to them right away. You got to do them for a, a while before people start listening. And then I'm yeah. like, well, I didn't factor on this at all. Well, I think, I, I think we've had one advantage uh, over you in that regard is in that, in that you listen to our podcast. So we've yeah. always had at least one listener yeah. that we can count on, you know, like a <laughs> rock solid, you know. Yeah. Even, even when you stopped listening, when you stopped recording podcasts, I would still, still listen. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I would open up the your page on the iTunes thing, and I would just imagine what you might be saying. Well, could you um, tell us one of the sketches that you imagined? <laughs> that we might have come up with it to save us a lot of trouble. Uh, food aquarium. Well, there you go. So it's uh, you go to a p- place, let's say a restaurant, and there's yeah. an aquarium there, and in there yeah. there's like animals and stuff, like sort of aquatic ones. And you get to pick which one you want, and then they'll cook it in the back. Yeah, yeah. That's a good sketch idea. <laughs> what, what, about, what about this, though? Like, you go to the aquarium, and you see all the fish and so on being fed in their aquatic environment. And I reckon a lot of the time you sort of get a little jealous of them being able to just sort of swim around, you know, swim through a school of food yeah. with their mouth <laughs> open and just take it all in, right? Mm. But that's and then you go to the cafe and you just sit down at a uh, at a table like a fucking idiot while people bring you food on a plate and you cut it up with your human hands and yeah. then eat it. You know, I reckon the cafeteria should just be a big pool that obviously they drain relatively re- uh, frequently. Mm. And then they toss in your burger and chips and you sort yeah. of swim through. They pour a, a long black into the water that you can kind of gradually absorb into you. Yeah, yeah through your gills. Yeah. Or at least through your eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gills are the eyes of the body, aren't they? The gills are the eyes. You mean the eyes are the gills of the body? That's what I, that's what I said. It's well, you know, they don't, I mean, they don't necessarily help you breathe, but... No, but they do flap, right? That's true, they do and flap, they do, yeah. And they are kind of moist, like I imagine a gill is, yeah. right? And they have, I think, probably like pretty narrow membranes between... We're all about the narrow membranes on this podcast, and the narrow membrane between like the blood supply... You can see the blood vessels in the eye there. I reckon you could breathe through Couldn't your you eyes. Couldn't you just rip open your chest and put some slits in your lungs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon that's probably what the, the the gaps between the ribs are for. They're just there for cutting slits in your lungs, and then you become aquatic. All this time, we've been looking at like reams of stamps with those perforations, those gaps between the stamps, and it's never occurred to us that hey, we've got kind of little gaps between our ribs. What if we can tear along those lines? 
And and I understand water has oxygen in it anyway. So if you fill the lungs with water, there's that's a, a bit of oxygen there. Surely anyway. it must be getting something. Yeah, yeah. I think so, this is exactly like this is why you drown, right? Not because your lungs are filled with water, but because there's no way to get the water out of your lungs. I or, think, or it's it's too late to learn how to get the water out of your lungs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so really, a lot of it is a sort of a culture shock—the shock of the new yeah. and the stress of learning, which, like, as you get older, is mm. very you know confronting for a lot of people, having to adapt to a new lifestyle and that sort of thing. And I think a lot of people probably just give up because they don't want. To change, that's what a lot of that's what's ninety percent of drowning. Is. <laughs> yeah, or if you when you're younger, fear of change. <laughs> you, <laughs> if you put in the effort when you're younger to chop your lungs open like gills and Correct. really mm. like preemptively drown yourself a bit when mm. you're younger, yeah, or just of, a bit though. Or yeah, just, yeah, just to build up an immunity to drowning. Mm. Well, well, you know how some people can skull liquids or beer or whatever like that by just opening up their throat. Mm. Mm. But what if you just learn to open up your esophagus and just let loads of fluid in mm. like that into your lungs? Is the esophagus the air one? Uh, no, that's the water again. Uh, sorry, that's the, the food, food oh, again. I'm sorry. I mean the air esophagus. <laughs> the air esophagus. Esophagus? Esophagus. Air esophagus. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you learn to open that one up, let water all the way into your lungs and under control, sure, sure. maybe near some kind of water breathing sensei and then they show you how to expel it out or they tip you upside down or whatever it takes i mean if it takes tipping you upside down this isn't going to be a sustainable swimming (laughs) strategy i know but that's you know it's that's how you start maybe there's you know maybe you can just like sort of push your chest in or like flex your pecs or whatever get out the pores or something i i like i like the just a little slit just a sluice at the bottom there. Just sluice it through. Yeah, I reckon it could. It could. We could call it the Jack Sluice after Jack you. Jack Sluice. <laughs> <laughs> the Drew Sluice. The Drew Sluice. I've always, always wanted to have a sluice named after me. Always, it's been a, a real dream of mine. So the water just goes straight through you, and you're fine. Is that the? Yeah. 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 I, well, I mean, what about? Because there's, like, there's like those free divers who can be underwater for a, sure. an absurd amount of time. And mm. even them... They're just holding their breath. Yeah, I feel like that's not the only thing they do. They probably have other jobs and families and things. If if you could really commit to whatever they're doing to build up the mm. going underwater that long, mm. if you doubled down on that and that was just your full-time thing, was just being underwater, yeah. sure, you'd, you'd get there pretty quickly. Yeah, I guess you could... Um... So, because because you have to find a way to monetize it, unless you, unless you're just literally trying to become a sea creature, yeah, where you are, you just want to keep your mouth open and catch small plankton and things like that. Is that what you're suggesting? I think that's the dream of you can mm. s- survive underwater, air wise, and then I think once you get that down, food. What what do whales have? Where it's there's the some whales have the is it the where it's oh. like a sieve in their mouth and they just plow right through the mm, baleen. Baleen, yeah, mm. yeah. I think uh, I does think, it get stuck in their baleen, or does the baleen act as some kind of? Well, uh, I'll I'll take you through it if you like. Uh, I love that. <laughs> uh, so they 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 open the mouth real real wide. They take in all of the uh, all of the the krill, right, and then they close the baleen, leave the lips open. I assume they have lips, and they use the tongue to push all the Whoa. liquid out through the baleen. So like a filter. 
right? And all the little krill gets trapped on the inside, and then uh, they lick it off, suck it down. But I'm going to be like sucking it out of a mustache. It'll yeah. Be <laughs> but an internal mustache. Yeah. Well, this is we've definitely spoke, spoken about the internal mustache because that's how we came up with the idea of a reverse Tom Selleck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you feel like the the krill maybe have a a small bit of false hope when they're being pushed out of the mouth. Mm. Like they get gobbled up and then the time oh. they're like, oh, it doesn't want to eat us at all. We're free. Yeah, and then the doors yeah. Uh, shut. Yeah, I mean, it's very cruel if God has given Krill hope. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe maybe it needs that for because, I mean, I imagine that the baleen isn't a perfect uh, filter. filter for stopping all the krill for, of getting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And maybe if you were sort of the either God or the process of evolution, mm. uh, it would be maybe important to have krill feel hope so that the ones that did get out mm. could learn something from that and teach the other krill, maybe become some kind of shaman krill. Create a religion. Yeah. Create a religion that keeps them away from the surface Mm. And then you get these kind of bottom-dwelling krill that are safe, safe krill. That's what when you assume that they are safe down there and not near the surface for some reason. Well, near the surface or wherever. Like, do whales get get krill from mostly the surface? Uh, I or think, do you think I there's think just... sort of anywhere in the water column? Uh, they can they can get krill wherever krill resides. Uh, a, a picture of a whale will get there. They can swim real deep. I know, but I but but not that deep. You're right. Like not the, that deep. The, not the, as deep as Al's talking. Not as the, where you're I'm imagining talking. krill may or may not be. Not quite, quite that deep. I was I'm imagine. imagining it just beyond the whale threshold. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know where you're imagining it. Obviously, you're imagining it within the whale threshold. I'm imagining it without it. I mean, look, you're being silly, but clearly. <laughs> Clearly, I was making an argument so that there was an exception, right? Yeah, this is even the point, right. you know. Yeah, that it would, be, it would be reasonable for some krill to have hope of, of avoiding these whales. Right. Well, you know, yeah, at yeah. least have some hope. I don't think yeah. they need hope, though. I think to, to, to do everything you've described, I think all they need is fear, right? Fear of this happening to them again. I know, but sometimes a near-death experience give, make, gives you shamanic ability. That is definitely you know, true. And so maybe this little krill or plankton mm. Um, mm. could find other like substances in the water around it and that are psychoactive for krill. This is really exciting. Mm. Yeah. Maybe like jellyfish fish residue or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just saying that there could be some krill that live outside of the boundaries of where whales live. <laughs> or, you know, even just hanging out near big rock spikes yeah. where whales aren't going to risk scratching their, their sides. It's true, and they are a lot like a balloon. And I think if I was a whale, I wouldn't be 100% confident that I couldn't burst. A bay, yeah. a balloon whale? Mm, the words are very similar. Do you Very think, similar. Do you think burst and of... I think from the whale point of view, where they work a lot with vowels, they probably would notice that kind of a thing. It'd be very funny to a whale. <laughs> the, the similarity of bursting. Well, do you think burst or they'd get like just a little, you know, like when you release the air on a balloon, it goes and like mm. flies all around the room. Plankton flying out. Yeah, all yeah. around the Atlantic. 
Yeah, yeah. Just if a, you see a whale get punctured and then it just kind of flies out of the water and loops around a few times well, like at a what, birthday party or something. Maybe the answer to why they beach themselves. Yeah. It seems so illogical. But if, to us. To, to us, but if they were just sort of, you know, there was the air escaping from them that flung them onto the beach. But then I think it's the mass beachings then that we can't explain because surely they're well, not all... mass pier- scorings. Yeah, piercing on... Uh, spike ings. Do we have any? Is, is have it, we yeah. written anything down, Alistair? I've written breathing through drowning. I think you could get a. I reckon if you or I or anyone started a Patreon or a Kickstarter, yeah, to get us living underwater. Because we're talking yeah. about how like this has got to be a full time thing, you know. And mm-hmm. you, there are people who are like, look, I just want to focus on my art. I don't have time to work and that sort of thing. It's so important, and you know. And if you've got a good following, you've got a good Twitter presence, social media, or whatever, people get on board with that shit, right? Mm. And they just donate you like ten bucks, fifty bucks a month, and then yeah. you're, mm. you're 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 sweet. But what right? do you want? You want just like a, or you just live streaming it at all times? I guess you have a GoPro on top of your head or something, and yeah, and I feel like I I respect. Just uh, insanely courageous and also vague, impossible goals mm. more than I respect just being a diligent artist. I think if you were, yeah. if I was scrolling through Patreons and there's a lot of, I want to keep it, making just artists and filmmakers who just like, mm. oh, we want three dollars a month or whatever to keep doing this, versus just a, someone who, a very strange person who I've no idea what they're about, and I'm like, we should be able to live in the water, five dollars a month. Yeah. No questions asked, I'll get it happening. <laughs> it would, yeah. And so you just say, I am just going to keep trying until I can absolutely survive on my own. Essentially mm. not need your donation. So, but then they have kind of an incentive to not, to not ever be able to live underwater because... To keep the donations yeah. coming. Yeah. Well, I think once you are living underwater, you're probably still going to need donations, I guess, to maintain your website. I uh, guess I guess for batteries, somebody's got to keep bringing you batteries. Batteries for your camera? For your camera, so that you're live streaming, Patreon only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, cause, and I guess, I guess because you can breathe underwater, um, you will probably have to just come up every sort of two, three hours like a whale, mm. um, but not for air. You come up for batteries. For batteries. Yeah, yeah. And to maintain a social media presence. And yeah. Probably some of the... I guess the people who are donating to the Patreon themselves can't live under the water. So no. you, and, any of the, reward, the reward tiers would probably involve you coming up and, you know, like... Squirting some water in their face or yeah, something yeah. out of your blowhole. <laughs> $20 a month, I'll squirt water <laughs> directly from my blowhole into your face. <laughs> Whenever I feel like it. It's not a thing you can plan on. Just surprise you with a blast of water in the face. Well, I mean, you... you 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 have some control over it because presumably it'll only happen when you're by the seashore. Yeah, yeah. So or in know. a dinghy. Okay. What could I guess you you might be in a dinghy a long way from land, so you're nowhere near the seashore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Correct, Alistair. Yeah, I mean, the dinghy is a very assur- a, a sort of a, a shore. <laughs> well, I yeah. not proximity. Where, you know, again, Andy, if I had said it, why why would I mean that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would I mean that that part that makes it me st- look stupid? <laughs> so you don't mean the bit that makes you look stupid. You mean the bit where you're alone in a dinghy in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. In the you don't look stupid. Yeah. Well, that's not me. 
That's the person in the idea. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Whose idea, yeah. though? Hey? Whose idea? My good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help but know she didn't put the word good into that. I don't know reply. if that was just, wasn't positive spin. That was just what it was. <laughs> yeah, I think there's there's like that small window of of like uncertainty within a statement. Uh, I think both times we filled that gap with you being crazy. That's which fine. wasn't we shouldn't hey, have done. I don't that, think I'd fill it with being crazy. I think I filled it with you being just a bit uninformed. Yeah, just not, wrong. Not really knowing much about dinghies. Well, I want to tell you that I I wasn't hundred percent sure of the context I was suggesting my idea into, <laughs> but I think I defended myself really well. Let me tell you, understand? <laughs> the context was a hostile one, yeah. and it will continue to be so until the podcast wraps up um, when we both die holding hands in episode two hundred. Yeah. Um. Living underwater. I hope we die podcasting together, by the way. Yeah, that'd be so good for our family. So that they could hear, so that they could hear the final moments. Find out what... Can you... We just talked about this before. Can you add that to a, one of the Patreon tiers? Where it's like yes. you get the, the side tank and all the different mm. stuff, but then if it's $100 a month, you can hear us die together? Well, I think it would be beautiful. Like in the... In, it's like, in the present day, obituaries are all he died surrounded by friends and family. But I yeah. think in the future, it'll be he died surrounded by Patreons. Yeah. Uh, you know, S- those subscribers. Who, yeah, subs- and subscribers. Uh, and or, or he died and you can hear it if you uh, mm. add $13 <laughs> to his Patreon, and, which will go to his estate. Yes, which Their will estate. be spent on maintaining the Patreon. I never just never want my Patreon to die. Yeah, <laughs> live on, on after me. They say you die twice: once <laughs> when you die, and once when people finally remember to unsubscribe <laughs> their bank details from your Patreon account. <laughs> anyway, yeah. to in uh, Patreon.com forward slash uh, think, tank. think Tank. Sorry for two bringing... in tank. Think Tank. Two in tank. What is it? Do we know? Two in tank. Two in tank. Great. Mm. Sorry for bringing the mood down by talking about both of you dying. Yeah, no, and no, no, people no. unsubscribing from our Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, that was yeah. the saddest one. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that really made me uh, yeah, go deep inside myself. I feel like um, you yeah. This is... Are we... Where are we at? Because I was about to launch on a new thing I was thinking hap- about. But we I can don't always know go you... back. We can go forward. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, it's I a like, non-linear... It's a sort of a 3D uh, movement thing. It's kind of like living underwater. Mm. Yeah. We can go up. We can go down. Speaking of living underwater... Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I was just thinking about uh, people living forever, which I don't know as much about science as you guys, but I mm. always hear little things about, uh, you know, like altering our DNA or there's a thing about um, what is it called like uh, zombie cells you read about zombie cells I don't know about zombie cells you gotta get rid of them you gotta flush out them zombie cells Um, that's that's the new frontier mm. what what was the one you were gonna say Um, there's a thing exit velocity is that what it's called or something where it's escape velocity escape velocity in regards to health where it's like you're it, it, we're not immortal, but we're extending the human life by more than a year per year. Yeah, something like that. I thought it was very interesting. Sick. But what I was thinking about—you just was, have to live long enough for the next revolution in life lengthening technology. Yeah, yeah. Which would be a, very stressful for the scientists. I feel like, mm. like guys, we gotta 
get another six months on this because the because the 178 year olds are banging yeah, down yeah. my door out there <laughs> i mean not very vigorously <laughs> but they're piling up as well the the, the 177 year olds are really clogging the car park <laughs> that's a weird one because i if, yeah be, being young in a world where everyone was a model would be a lot to take in. But when you say young, do you mean really? Do you mean young, young, or do you just mean your body is young, or do you mean you're like... You're... I mean, you're like seven. Yes. And your next-door neighbour is 200 million years old. Mm. What do you talk about? Because yeah. I don't... I struggle to talk to, like, you know, someone in their 50s. Yeah. We have so little in common yeah, already. Someone two years older than me. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. It's a lot of, like, <laughs> oh, do you remember this show? It's like, ah, not really. Where if you're talking to, like, do you remember the... Did you did you like the Beatles? It's like I've been alive since time started. I've I've mm. seen societies rise and fall. Mm. I was was that did that take place under the yellow sun? Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed the yellow sun if that's what you're referring to. <laughs> but everything else is just a flicker. Passes like um, I, I like wonder how full your brain would be after like even just a thousand years where you're like. I'm sorry, I just can't fit anything else in. What was your name? <laughs> like that? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trying to remember, like, that's, back to... That's the... Because that, that is a threshold that I, I guess we haven't met yet, right? Because, because there are people who are, like, 120 who are still sharp mm-hmm. and whose brains aren't yet, like, so full of information that they are just totally rendered useless. So there, but there would, at some point, be a threshold of the amount of information that can be held in the human brain. I mean, I'm not great at remembering things as it is, so I reckon I'd be okay. I just sort of cycle through. But know? I wonder if there is a threshold, because isn't it just making connections? Like, I guess there's just always going to be... They're small enough that there's just going to be loads and loads of space forever. You reckon? Maybe. I guess at some point there'll be, like, some weird weird rewiring, like yeah, some weird... stuff sort of overlaps or... But I think that's fine. That's where creativity, more creativity hey, will come from. you reckon those 200,000-year-old people are going to be real creative? Probably. I mean, or senile. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Similar. Uh, I thought of a thing to do with that escape velocity. You kind of experience something like escape velocity like that, but when you're eating something that's really delicious, but it's so big, and you're doing Mm. it, but you're like, you're so full, but then you feel yourself get a little bit less full, and so then you have another bite. Mm. And then, but then you have to wait, and you're like, oh, no. Well, I wonder what would be the what sort of food you'd have to create to have a low enough density and a low enough like energy content that you can be eating it constantly. Oh man! And like what you just dream. like you just you just shit occasionally yeah. and piss or whatever, but like there's no break between meals and there's no break between shits. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a constant <laughs> shit, a constant low key shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the low key shit. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> just, it's wild to think that there could be anything low key about yeah. constantly shitting. <laughs> it's. Uh, uh, <laughs> um. Like, they're really proud of it as well. Oh, like, sure. do, you, do you two go to the toilet before we start or anything? He's like, no, no, I, I'm constantly low-key shitting. Don't yeah. worry about it. 
what is this, my own wedding? Don't worry, I'll be, I don't need to go to the toilet first because I'll be right the whole yeah, time. I will shitting. be, I will be shitting throughout this. I'll be shitting and eating. And if I stop shitting or eating at any point, it, it throws off the balance and I'm fucked after that. But I got so, so first they're creating a product that you can eat at all times. Right, so I think yeah. there's like you know that konjac. Have you ever eaten konjac? No, what's konjac? You can get them in the health food section. It's kind. Of, I don't look. I don't know what it's made of. I I assume it's like a seaweed or something like that. Mm. But you, they make. I tried it first in Taiwan, and it was just a kind of like glutinous. It seems like a jube, and you eat it, and it's okay. It's kind of nice. It's like a nice texture. Yeah. Right. Anyway, mm. but it didn't really have much flavor, and then it doesn't really have any calories. Yeah. Right, and now they make like noodles out of it so it kind of seems like a kind of like an alternative to like pasta or something mm. like that but it's only got like 10 calories per 100 grams or something like that uh so it's very low compared mm. to pasta which mm. is like this could more. be perfect yeah mm. now they don't have a lot of flavor but they do have an interesting texture almost weird i, I yeah i'm not yeah. A, i'm not sure that this product we're creating should have a, an interesting texture i think it should almost be like a foam that you can squirt but into think, your mouth. But, but yeah. you're kind of like, it's something that you enjoy eating though, right? Because that's why you want to be eating it at I all times. I guess so, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, like I, I mean, think like eating feels good and it's a, a way to do it all the time. Yeah. That's not really yeah. what my vision was okay. when I, yeah. I suggested this to begin with, guys. But uh, okay. Yeah, well, so... Well, I mean, maybe you could have different flavors and that sort of thing. But the yeah. point is you're always just working on something. You've got your mouth going, mm. you know. That's so, a, so yours wasn't for pleasure. It was just so that it's working. Just something to, to keep, do, to keep just to fill mouth, the time. Just to keep your mouth busy so yeah. it doesn't, like, go and spray paint, like, local m- municipality well, buildings or something. These kids keep need it off the streets, yeah. Keep you know? busy. They're yeah. always skateboarding and graffitiing. <laughs> These what mouths. About, what about a strange noodle? Or what about a foam that they could constantly be eating? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> to keep these mouths. For some reason, when you said a strange, I thought you were going to say an estranged mouth. What? <laughs> like your your mouth has become estranged. Yeah, that's from a great you. idea. What yeah. about it's a like a, um, it's a mayor or a a government official of some kind mm. who and and their solution for like delinquent youths is a type of foam that they can always be eating and also. Uh, low-key shitting, as we've discussed, well, I think which will I th- keep them too busy to do any crimes. Mm. Now, I, I, this is crime is down. Crime is, a, is down. So is... my my ideas seem so great so far. They're always eating and constant low-key shitting. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more shit in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> but we can follow the trail and get back to the person who did it. Yeah, and then didn't, find them, didn't clean it up, it's bringing in money for the company. Then they, <laughs> the can, company, the company, which is the municipality. Oh, it's the corporation now. It's been privatized. Yeah, that was always going to happen. No, this could be this could be a dystopia like, you know, your Brave New Worlds, your uh, 1984s. Right, because they always have some different mechanism. But it's a grave new world. Because mm, things are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Brave new world seemed confusing because mm. it wasn't that brave. It was kind of bad. It was bad. Mm. Brave, they should have called it grave, grave new, world. <laughs> new world. And I don't know. New world. Grave world? Grave world? That would have sounded like uh, Jack Schuster's podcast. A, they they should have <laughs> called it a grave heart because of all the people who died in battle. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and he died. Yeah, yeah. And then it was going to probably go in a grave. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if they named the title of movies and where the com- where the, where, where the person ended at the end of the film. Um, 
But this well. this yeah. could this could be another way to control the population, right? If people have to because there's only just enough energy in this food mm-hmm. that you have to be constantly eating it in order to survive, mm. right? And also you're constantly <laughs> key shitting, yeah. right? And if you're constantly eating, you can't talk, right? So you can't plan oh. a revolution to overthrow yeah, right. the corporation that we've established you're, as you're, running almost, the local council. You've almost literally invented sheep. Yes, yes, yeah, sheeple. Yeah. Sheeple. Mm. So... Are you inventing grass? Is that the food that we're constantly low-key eating? Yeah, but it's and a then, foam. Yeah. Hey? But it's a foam. It's a foam grass. Mm. It's on the ground, so you've got to be down on all fours, chewing it up off the ground. So, so you can't get... even really see where the, all the important buildings are to plan your revolution. It's, so is the foam instead of like a, like just like a squirty bottle? No, it's on the ground. It comes out of holes. <laughs> no. It comes up out of holes in the, in the ground. You've got to this crawl is... around to eat it. It's one of those schemes that's so, it's so good once it's in place, but at the, the early stages, it's before people are hooked on the stuff, it's just sure. a lot of foam holes. Sure, mm. sure. It's like electric cars. You know? You've got to get the charging stations out there. Yeah. You've yeah. got to get the economies of and scale and, and the network effect. And... There's got to be a good... Short distance between the foam mm. fountains, mm. so that I mean, or foam holes. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to rebrand it already. Uh, well, and I'm very much on pushing for my original ideas on this episode of the book. It doesn't matter <laughs> where the riff goes yeah. or what's funny. <laughs> what I was trying to tell you guys is what I thought initially, yeah. or came up with since then. I'm not open to suggestions. So either... Okay, mm. we could just write municipality. No. Yeah, municipality. That's the key word in this whole thing, Alistair. Good. A big, long word like <laughs> municipality. Um, how is this a sketch? I mean, it's, a, it's the best idea I've ever heard in my life, but how is it a... Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it could be this municipality trying to exert control over their people. Yeah. And so... Mm. Um, luckily, the council that uh, is part of the municipality, there's the mayor, <laughs> yeah, and then there's his right-hand man, who's the head of the council, and then, <laughs> and then there's his... Very often the mayor, but not in this case. Right. Um, I know, but this is like, you know, like the sort of deputy. This is a yeah. grave new world. This oh, is sorry. A grave, yeah. it's a They've even restructured a local government. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the left-hand woman. Ah. And she's a food scientist. Yes. But she's also on the council. And she also is a big fan of holes in the ground. That's right, yeah. And, well, and geo, she's also a geologist. Yes. And so, and then together they develop a new way of controlling the city. Yeah. The and, municipality. You know, the, there's, a lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of protest, but they have the numbers on the council. And so they push it through. They push and then it through. They roll it out. And then people actually are like quite big fans of the foam. Mm. Mm. Well, it's got a pl- pleasing flavor. It can I be th- pleasing. Yeah. And I think the so much of my brain is taking up with what I want to eat and when. Mm. That mm. If, if that part of my. Some people wear the same clothes every day, like Steve Jobs or whatever. If I was just eating a foam constantly. Yeah. Mm. And I guess mm. the way that they can also sell it to people is that you don't have to pay for food ever again. Which, of course, some of the, you know... The is the price who, of the foam absorbed in your taxes in I this municipality? Paying, I think you're paying for it in, with your yeah. rates okay. and with your fines, if you're parking tickets and different things like it that. It does feel yeah. like the kind of thing that people would... Ex- 
eventually come around to expecting their council to do for them, right? Because we expect yeah. the council to maintain the roads. We expect the council to take around away the garbage, right? Mm-hmm. I It's not that far away. You know, they've also got to look after schools and stuff like that. We, eventually, we're going to expect them to... To just have food coming have out of the, ho- up out of the holes ground. of edible foam that we can mm. climb into. And yeah, we just kind yeah. of grab a couple of yeah. handfuls, scoop some up, and start eating as it you're walking until you along. Get to the next foam hole. Yeah. <laughs> and then as long as we have keep... water fountains as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're a foam hole. There's a water fountain. There's a foam hole. You know when and when you know when you're low key shitting probably yeah. look yeah. like an aero bar because it's. Aero bar. Now, which one's the aero bar? It's the one with all the bubbles in it that looks yeah. like it's oh, got made of foam. But are they green? Are they green bubbles in aero bars? Peppermint arrow, sure. Pe- oh, yeah, I'm peppermint, peppermint arrow. arrow. You're thinking of peppermint arrow. Yeah, no. So it's not that. Well, it depends if you were eating peppermint foam. Yeah, what, from the peppermint foam, foam region. Fuck the the balls on the aero bar people to be like. Our selling point is that it's mostly air, and we don't give a shit. We're not yeah. trying to trick anyone into thinking that it's going to be good value and they'll get chocolate in it. Mm. It's mostly air and bubbles. The it's... cheapest thing for a factory to put into chocolate. <laughs> air and bubbles. Yeah, air and <laughs> bubbles. Do you think there was a debate in the like in the boardroom between the guy who wanted to call it Aero and the guy who wanted to call it Chocolato? Yeah. <laughs> people don't want chocolate, they want air. Yeah. You need air to for. survive. <laughs> but then also I think they spelt, they spelt it like Aero as in... Aeroplane. Like aeroplane. Oh, right. As in, so like, as in it's, it's maybe some kind, like, is it, uh, uh, what's the, what's the flying word? AV, like, no, but a- like... Aeronautical? Aerodynamically Aero, designed? Yeah. Could, could be, but I don't, I don't know that it looks that way to me particularly. And it is it's it does seem to be mostly full of full of bubble. I know, air. but mm-hmm. but it does have like you know those kind of like you know it's got a smooth ending. It's got like it comes in uh, like individual chunks. They're kind of like rivets that could have some kind of mm. I mean, maybe lift. I yeah, bet, I bet that air inside the bubbles tastes like chocolate. Like there's there'd be no way that you could ever taste it separate to the chocolate surrounding it. So this is going to have to remain a theory. Yeah. But I reckon the mm. air in the bubbles is pretty chocolatey air. If, if you got like a syringe and put that mm. into the bubble of a aero bar and took a little bit out and then... Like a biopsy kind yeah, of... Yeah, and then in, injected that into your own bloodstream. Would, that, <laughs> would you feel cool? Yeah, you'd get it. <laughs> you'd feel you, cool. Yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd feel pretty yeah. cool. I reckon you'd get the chocolate bends. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, if you could... You, so you can't have... taste things through your bloodstream, but no, you no. could. You could. You could. But you could inject it into your mouth, maybe into your mouth, which I think is what he was purposefully avoiding. Yeah, I, I yeah. sort of. I but, thought I'd say but, a weird but thing. But is, is this, is this <laughs> like or straight? Mm. Could you inject it straight into a taste bud or something though? Right? Like, is there something? Is there a? Can you get things more into your taste bud than just by absorbing them through the surface of the taste could, bud? Could you extract all the air somehow if you like? I don't know if you put it in like a sealed thing and, and then melted like it, melted it down, and then I reckon like smush the air yes. down or something. Yes, wait, so wait, like evacuate the tube, like evacuate the thing with the aero ball bubble, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, with the aero, and then melt it. And yeah, oh, but then, or, or you but could then just you break might just it. get evaporation of aero bar. Yeah, because what if what if you you get all the air out of there? Yes. Okay, so you evacuate it. So now it's just aero in a low pressure tube. Yep. Like that, and then you 
you shake it so that it's banging against the wall, and then you're getting cracks. cracks. Up. Yeah, you're essentially uh, coal, coal. What's that? Seam gas. Free, oh yeah, you're you know, fracking. You're fr- you're essentially <laughs> fracking the the chocolate air out of there, and then you extract it from the top into some test tube, and then yeah. you suck on the test tube. Yeah, and I, t- I bet that would be low calories, you know. Yeah, with like, a good chocolatey taste. It's yeah. a great way to get the aero experience. Mm. Really, the the defining feature of the aero experience, the air, just yeah. the air. Yeah. And then you're leaving all None the of the O. The O remains in the bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in some dump site for scientific waste. That's right. Yeah, you throw it in there. It's just <laughs> right a, in the trash. You know, some you know, thousands of years from now, some guy will be th- sifting through garbage and they'll be like uh, looking at, you know, the traces of our civilization mm. and they'll open it up and they'll go, what's in here? And they'll just, they'll, they'll open and go, like that as he. He goes, whoa, weird. It's like just sucked air into this thing because it was in such a low pressure system. And he opens it up and then he looks inside and it's just a crushed up air. It's just a crushed up O. <laughs> Pure O. Yeah. And they'll look back on today and think, truly, we were as gods. <laughs> I assume so. Mm. Um, is that, is, 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 is there, I wonder if they've done it with those bubbles in there so that they can then have a lower like calorie count on the bar or something and then it, but it still looks like a big bar but like it doesn't have as much actual stuff in it so it feels healthy mm. even though it's just full of air yeah well i think that they've done that to a certain extent just so that they can save money on chocolate oh that's also a much more likely uh but, logic but what the, where they've stabbed themselves in the foot is that what you do? Stab yourself in the foot? You yeah. I think you shoot, shoot yourself, yourself in the shoot foot. Shoot yourself in the you foot. Can, you can stab yourself, sure. Yeah, you can drop a knife. It's a yeah. free country. That's what they used to say before guns, I would imagine. Of course, when you, you, you yeah. sort of... Um, what's the part that you put at the end of a gun there with the... Bayonet? No, it's when you bayonet yourself mm. in the foot. Yeah, but um, before they had knives, they would have had to say something like, you, you've strangled your own foot to death. Yeah. You've whacked your foot with a... Bronze Age axe, yeah, mm. yeah. which yeah. is what we call the present, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> because now they can't create a light aero bar, right? You know they've I mean? left themselves nowhere to go because well, it's already were, very light. I mean, they started out by making the most affordable bar, and now they can't. What are they going to put in more air? If the air in an aero bar was not air but helium, do you think it could just float or at least float I would than normal I thing. would absolutely like if you could get me a chocolate that was like a kinder surprise or something and inside is helium and it floats around the room right and then I can hump yeah chomp it out of the air you absolutely have my attention this is back to like being like a fish right because the is, food yeah okay because I reckon it was impractical what we were talking about before about living as a Fish man underwater. What? Yeah, no, Alistair, I'm calling it now. In hindsight, with the benefit of hindsight, which is 2020, that was a crazy idea. But this <laughs> one, where we just have bigger, hollower foods with helium inside that float around and we can wade through a school of them and chomp them out of the air, yeah. that is absolutely going to work, right? We need to develop a chocolate shell, which is lightweight yet strong enough to be yeah. able to maintain its form and contain that helium. Mm-hmm. You bite it, and then you'll have a squeaky voice. It'll 
be fantastic. It'll be like eating in space. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And so you go into there. It's a big white room. Mm-hmm. The waiter brings you in your, your meal. Like space. Like, like yeah. that. All of this <laughs> yeah. is exactly like I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Space. Just like space. Okay, well, they can, they, can open up a, they can open up a metal tray thing and then just throw it in. Yeah, like space. That's like in space. space. <laughs> <laughs> this is even more like space than that other description. <laughs> and then, and then, and it's all foods that you can have helium. So like profiteroles. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, um, yeah, you're running around. You and your friend. It's a date. You know, you guys are jumping up and down trying to catch uh, profiteroles in your yeah. mouth. It's the most fun you've ever had. Um, what else? Uh, croissant. Do you reckon we could get a croissant? Yeah, I think yeah, we could definitely try. Good. Um, uh, I mean, Maltesers, I think you could do. Mm, absolutely, a Malteser, thing. yeah. Could, could you fill a snow pea with helium? Oh, I reckon. I reckon there's a lot of space in there. We, uh, like it, it wouldn't look like a snow pea anymore. It would look like a sugar snap pea. Yeah, that's right. And that's another surprise that you'd ah, get. Ah, double surprise. Yeah. What was the first surprise? Uh, that there was a floating snow pea. <laughs> <laughs> floating sugar snap pea. Yeah. No, well... Well, then the first surprise is that it's a snow pea. No, how's that? No, because that that can't be the first surprise. surprise. That's got to be the second surprise. If we're ranking the surprises, the first surprise is, 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 oh, my God, a floating sugar snap pea. Yeah, is is floating food. Yes. Second surprise, wow, that wasn't (laughs) the type of pea I expected. Okay. And then what's the third surprise then? The third surprise is uh, they reunite you with your... um, It costs... $50,000. (laughs) $50,000. With your lack of $50,000. Yeah. yeah, right. Mm. I think they would have to put in the, in the snow pee, they'd have to put like some kind of uh, a sealant so that when you inject like the little metal rod that mm. injects the helium into there, yep. there would have to be a fluid in there that then blocks the hole from the inside. Mm. Now, I think I've heard that you can do that in a radiator if you get a hole in your radiator by cracking an egg in there. Great. Like that. So maybe you could just put a little bit of egg in there. Yeah. And then it seals up the hole, and that way your snow pea can float. Now, this cracking an egg idea, who told you this? I think I saw it on Mythbusters. Uh, and it, did it work? I can't remember. Ah, but I, so that's surely, crucial. Surely it working or not working would be that a radiator is hot and cooks the egg, mm. which makes it firmer than than it is when it's So this running. has to be a real hot... Snow pea. Snow pea that's the heat of a radiator. (laughs) It could be. It could be. Like, it's a floating food restaurant, but it's a Bikram floating food restaurant. (laughs) It's real hot. Or, like we're trying to find cold fusion to do fusion at room temperature, nuclear fusion. Just to fuse Maybe we need to research a way to do cold cooked eggs. Right? Yeah. That could be the next thing. Once they've sorted out cold fusion, let's look at a cold cooking. Feels like you could just add a chemical to eggs, and it and it should it should change. Probably vinegar. Eh? 
vinegar? Do you reckon it's vinegar? No, because you cook you cook eggs in vinegar when you're poaching them, and then when you put them in, they don't immediately get yeah. cooked. Not using enough vinegar. That's possible. Vinegar. I mean, I know that they use they they use lime to cook fish in South America. See, really, I reckon. But I don't think it gets really cooked. I think it gets chemically know. treated in some way. Well, it's not. You're, it's never going to be really cooked if you're just doing it with the chemical analyst there. Well, then that's not why. Then I don't want that. I want it to be really cooked, but at room temperature. But with a chemical. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but it's really cooked. But it could be an endothermic reaction. Uh, Which is a hot reaction. Yes, it is. Yes. Or is that an exothermic reaction? Probably exo. Yeah. Oh, man. Wait, okay. We didn't think of other foods that could float. Um, I reckon um, uh, peanuts still in the shell. Oh, yeah. Rejecting oh, them. I think, I, I think that's too... I don't think there's enough space to get the enough you know, helium in there to make that float. I feel like peanut shells are... If you think of the, just a peanut that you eat versus one when it's got that big, like, woody shell, I feel like mm. they're not efficient at all in how they're maintaining the individual nuts. I feel like there's a bit of room no, to float No, there's definitely rattle there. room. Rattle You're room. Right. But, and, and, that, and that shell is quite light, isn't it? Like, mm. it's always very, you know... Because, like, you could make model planes out of mm. peanut shell wood. Mm. Balsa, yeah. Is that what balsa wood is? Yeah, it's peanut shell. Peanut <laughs> shell. It's just crushed yeah. peanut shell. Um, you, could, you could engineer a peanut that's... Got enough space in there. Just has a tiny nut, but big air. Like it just looks like one of the Montgolfiers hot air balloons. Mm. You know those guys, the Montgolfiers. Brothers. I think they're the people who invented the hot air balloon. Oh, so that's yeah. why the French word for hot air balloon, I think, is just a, a Montgolfier. Really? I think so. I, don't know, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, I guess puffer fish, right? Puffer oh, fish. Course, Although yeah. uh, you probably wouldn't be able to like eat them, chomp them, but they could, you could put the air into them. They're floating around the room, and it'll c- contribute to the experience of what it's like to be a fish. Mm, I think it's also you can only eat a very small part of those. Right. The yeah. Simpsons episode uh, <laughs> has taught me anything. Well, so there's like those top Japanese chefs that are the, the few that know how to prepare, and even amongst them, there's even a smaller portion that know how to prepare the puffer fish while it's floating, floating. above them. Mm. And I think that's what's going to be so good about this restaurant. It's going to be one of those ones where they they cook in front of you, yeah, like mm. that. But with the hot, then there's hot plates all over the place. The walls is all hot plates, right? Oh, great, like that. And, and so the, the roof is a hot plate. That's why oh, it's so hot yeah. in there. That's why the egg cooks in the yeah, shell. Yeah, yeah. In the in the in the pea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the shell of the pea. Yeah. Uh, we. Um, yeah. I mean, that's rock solid. That that <laughs> idea checks out on. Um, Helium Foods restaurant. I think if you did that, you'd they would make an episode of Chef's Table about you. I fucking like hope nice so. I mean, what does it take to get an episode of Chef's Table? Yeah, yeah. I've got hovering foods here. I reckon you could be, you could make the worst quality food of any episode of Chef's Table, and they'd still give you one. You wouldn't need to try hard at all. Well, even if you could do it, you know, like chips. You know, like chips sometimes have that bubble in them. You know, you know, suddenly you buy chips, and then you go, "Hey, wait, this chip bubbled." Like that. What, what sort of chip do you mean? Oh, you mean crisps? Crisps, yeah. Yeah, great. Like a I regular mean, chip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Like you know, they get that, that no, bubble in, them. in Well, there. if you could engineer for them all to be bubble chips, mm. then you could just go there just to eat chips. He goes, oh, it's just a chip restaurant. And then they, they can just sprinkle powder on it because that's not heavy. 
Yes. You know. So they're floating around. The they're floating chips. around. You go in. Here you go. Here's two bags of chips. You and your date go around. You eat yeah. chips out of the air. So you open the bag. All the chips float out. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, and you've had a really fun time. You're you're, you're both like. You're somewhere between a bird and a fish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you guys could dress as whatever you want, bird or fish. With that, there's step ladders all over the place in case mm. some of the chips get stuck the on the roof. The ground's really soft, so if you jump off a ladder thinking you can fly, because yeah. it's so immersive, the experience. Yeah. People forget, right? But they'll be fine. They don't hurt themselves when they hit the ground. That's right, yeah. So it's like a kid's playground, but... And your voice points. will be so high-pitched, you probably sound like a bird as well yeah. from all the helium. Yeah, or a fish. Or your burps will be so high-pitched. I'm not sure if a stomach full of helium has the same effect as a lung full of helium. Something that science could perhaps look into yeah. for us. <laughs> well, they'll have to. Yeah. Or they won't have to. We'll, f- we'll work it out. Food will look into it for us. Science can take the day off. Because cuisine... <laughs> Is here. <laughs> oh, how great would it be if a chef got the no got a, a Nobel Prize for science? That'd show us goddamn physicists yeah. and nerds who don't know how to make any food. Yeah, yeah. God, I, I hate them. Scientists winding up with 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 the science awards. And imagine if he if he or she yes. got it for just roasting a chicken. So well, though. Yeah. May okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. It uh, could be like, that. Would it? Would it be that? I guess it would have to be then the Nobel Prize for chemistry, right? Because flavor is chemistry, and if yeah, you make but, the most delicious cook, thing, but cooking is physics. Cooking is physics. You're but right. They could get chicken, both. They could scoop the field. But then chicken is biology. Uh, yes, and the temperature on the oven is maths. So oh, that's a yeah. Fields Prize, Fields Medal, uh, and. The menu is literature. Yes, I was trying so hard to get to literature. And I forgot about <laughs> menus. And, uh. and Bob, Dylan, Bob, Bob Dylan will be there, and he's already got a Nobel Prize. Yes, <laughs> and, and a s- slice of chicken or a leg of chicken is a piece. Or a f- f- piece oh, of chicken. Yeah. Oh. What, is, what are they called? Is there a piece thing? Something it's a piece? piece of chicken, and they could give it to a warring nation. And that'll maybe bring peace upon them. No, I think if they only give them one piece of chicken, it would be a struggle. <laughs> well, it depends if, uh, how, how good the chicken is. Exactly. They'd have to give give it put one piece on the border. Border chicken. Um, and <laughs> I'm what? sorry, Jack, about what we're doing. Oh no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I uh, I feel like I should be saying more funny stuff. That's if anything. Jack, we had a conversation, Alistair yeah. and I, privately, and just uh, then, <laughs> just then, while we, we were agreed. yelling things about chicken, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, we were that with was our, a code we, we, yeah. with our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy, I need to speak with you over here. Yell some things about chicken. I th- okay, so so the people are on their way to give out the Nobel Prize for Chemistry, right? And they have the envelope that has the name of um, Professor Claude uh, Robin Ford, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Professor Claude Robin Ford, who um, discovered uh, a class of amino acids. Okay. Right? And uh, his name is in the envelope. But on the way to the podium, they have uh, a volavant from a tray that's going around, and it's so delicious that they... <laughs> Just on the spot, agree that whoever 
made that uh, deserves it more than this stupid uh, amino acid discovery. Yeah. Right? They, they throw away the envelope on the podium and they announce it and everyone who's had the Volavance cheers. Right? Because yeah. they agree. Yeah. Right? I was I was going to come up here tonight and I was going to give the Nobel Prize for Chemistry to some f- fruity professor mm-hmm. with his lardy dar ideas about molecules that we can't even see. And then I had one mm-hmm. of those uh, soft shell crab uh, uh, little patties. Volavants. Volavants going you, around. That you, you all tried them. That you can see. That you can see yeah. and <laughs> taste. And do they taste good? Am I right? And everyone cheers and agrees. And they, uh, yeah. They, they but give then the I, feel like, I feel like afterwards, sort of, when they all come to their senses and when the <laughs> award when the, ceremony wears off, yeah, yeah, yeah. When the, you know, when the ceremony's over and then they, you know, they kind of have to face these journalists. Yeah. They're like, what, <laughs> what happened in the scientific community? Things like that. That sort of, I think there'd be backlash. No, but I think if you've got all the most eminent scientists in the world are there, right? They're all trying the volivants. I mean, science is built on peer review. You couldn't have a better peer review than all the Nobel Prize winning scientists all trying the same volivants and all agreeing that they're divine. Yeah, but I'm sure someone would say that it wasn't chemistry. Cooking is chemistry. <laughs> Cookies, it's all chemicals. Well, I like that this ske- sketch has has no conflict whatsoever. That's what's yeah. good about it. <laughs> it's, all the scientists agree. It's, <laughs> it's fine. The journalists are like, good call. The, the person Great. who did invent the molecules was like, well, I didn't have these volvants myself, <laughs> but I can imagine yeah. there would have been plenty, I'm plenty good to, for this. I'm to crab, yeah. Yeah. but uh, it's but hard to uh, To disagree with so many scientists. Yeah, yeah. Could, could there be something in like... Um, like there being a Nobel Prize, but they open it up to, you know how I, I feel like people, whatever their interest is, like it doesn't matter what they're doing, mm. could be anything. But if they're sort of a, a bit good at it or they take it seriously, they mm. say that it's like a science. Mm. You know what I mean? Or like for me, you know, jujitsu is like a science. Yeah. <laughs> and then so then now there's just a Nobel Prize for jujitsu or bird watching mm. or... Anything where you get good enough that you describe it as a science. Parking. Parking. Mm. Uh, love. Um, that uh, thing where your company is like ranked number one on Google searches. <laughs> SEO. Yeah. That's like science to people. Op- yeah, yeah. 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 And so wait, so then some, somebody just says, I mean, it's really more of a science to me. like that, And then it becomes a science. Then, the, then Nobel. Oh, really? A, a science? Branch. Yeah. Well, and then they just open a branch to it, and then they add a category to their... Yeah. And does it, this must happen the same night that people have had these volivants, yeah. which I'm starting to think have been laced with something more than just <laughs> soft-shell crab. And The crab, it was really off-crab meat, yeah. and it caused some kind of delusion. I mean, yeah. this is what's great, is that what's happened... There were so many heavy metals in the... There was heavy metals and a large dose of DMT and LSD. Yeah. <laughs> and Who's to say? But Who's to because, say what had the most effect? But yeah. because the world's most prominent scientists were there yeah. at the time... And they all managed to agree on something. Mm. That makes that thing true. Yeah. 
I think that's how science works, right? Well, because all the other scientists that weren't there and also can't Mm. disprove this Mm. uh, this claim. Again, science. Science. (laughs) Um, Because the the thing is passed and obviously there were no volivants left or, you know... And oh, believe me, no leftovers. They were. That's how good they were. In fact, that's additional evidence. I think, if any were needed, that they were. Yeah. <laughs> the very fact that you can't disprove it is proof. And then the whole Nobel uh, institution is now overloaded with the new categories that mm. they've all agreed upon <laughs> during the. <laughs> For me, scuba diving is really more of a science. <laughs> it is! <laughs> and they're writing it down, and all the people, the officials, are making it official. They're, and they're, they're printing out new... more Nobel Prizes just on the printer, and they're just coming out little certificates yeah, yeah. now. Everyone gets a little ribbon. Yeah. Uh, they had they had to just one wild night at the Nobel thing. And they woke up in the morning, and just there was a category for everything. <laughs> And I guess the way things work, they probably can't get rid of the categories as well once they've made them. Well, then one of the guys starts getting a Nobel Prize for coming up with Nobel categories. Mm. There should be a prize for that. Mm. There it's is. It's more of a science. <laughs> <laughs> I think people, yeah. No, that's great, Al. That's great. Have we got three words from a listener? Uh, you know what? We do. Oh, I'm so happy. Jack. Today's yep. listener, uh, who's contri- contributed on uh, Patreon. Yeah. Do you want to guess what their name is? Um, Jeff Foxworthy. That's really close. Is it Jack Drews? No, it's Andrew Wright. Andrew Wright. Yeah, uh, I think you did really good. Sorry, right. I was hoping it was well, Jeff Foxworthy. But... Jeff wasn't a man's name. Yeah. And uh, Wright... Is a, is, is a sort of a, a compliment or a state of being, much like being yeah. worthy of foxes. Yeah, it? yeah. And, and uh, it's spelt right, kind of like the Wright brothers. Mm. And they were, were the first to fly a plane, which they did in a field, which had foxes in it. And they were worthy. <laughs> that, so. that worked perfectly. I know. And, uh, that was so three, close. It was like watching Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio Le- Leo. play Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> in a really well-made film about his process. Wow. Yeah. Well, the three words that we have for today are telephone, train, and hold up. Telephone, train, hold up. Is telephone, train, is that like a phenomenon, like thing where you like, is, yeah. this, is this person sending us a pun? Is a telephone train where you've got to like call, like say you've got to get everyone down to the old mill, like you're, you're all members of the country fire authority and uh, there's fo- the old mill's on fire and you have a telephone train where you like to call one person and they call the next telephone person. Telephone tree. Telephone tree, sure, sure. We've all gotten trains and trees. Confused in our time. In Absolutely. our time, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, never again for me. Kind of, yeah. But telephone train could be where you want to talk to somebody and then you get on a train. <laughs> yes. And then when you arrive at their house, the train in many ways acted as a telephone. Right. I mean, a telephone, it could also be uh, an, a, an old form of communication that predated the telephone, where they, but they did have the train, 
right? And what you would do is you would hire really, really talented um, vocal impersonators and you would just say a single word to them and they would leap on a train and go to Manchester, right? <laughs> and say the word to the person you were in a conversation with and they would say a word back to the impersonator. They'd come back from Manchester down to uh, Hartlepool and, yeah. uh, and, and, and say, say their word back to you. And it would be like you were having a conversation, except one where people only seem to say one word at a time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sentences. Wait, it's why, a sentence. Who is the person impersonating? The, each member of the conversation. Each person, you know, you're talking to your friend in Manchester. You're, yeah. in, you're in Hartlepool. You're having a verbal conversation, right? Mm. But it, instead of going through the medium of a wire, mm. which then uses some magical force to replicate the voice in yeah. a yeah. little box. It, mm-hmm. it makes me feel very uncomfortable. We're doing it yeah. in a good old-fashioned way with a man doing yeah. the voices. It's like instead of a electrical signal, it's, it's just a man with a terrible job who uh, yes. yeah. has to travel across the country to... That's right. And so it's kind of like one of those chess games where you play over the mail. Yeah, but know? a conversation mm. and... Could it be the conversation that you're having while you're playing a game of chess over the mail? Could be. Could be. Could be. Could be. But might be a pers- bit of a boring conversation. Well, I mean, you can talk about other things while you're talking. Oh, while that's you're true. Chess. You're just you know, chatting. talking about chess. Right. Mm. And does the person do the chess movements as well for no, you? No, while they, they're, I mean, is that a could, separate person? I mean, they could wait for the letter to come in. That's true. Because I guess if they... if Or they could bring the letter with them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I... I saw a a TV show once, and uh. I, I think about this all the time. I'm so angry about it. There was where the character in it was involved in a game of chess with someone, mm. and he didn't know who the person was, and just every now and then little bits or signals or stuff would just appear around his house. Like the person was kind of stalking them a bit, and there'd be like a signal, so it would be like, you know, queen moves to E7 or whatever, and he'd walk over to the board and move where this mysterious person was communicating the moves to me. But the the person who the story was focusing on, who was receiving these messages, in the chess game, he was he was the white pieces, and white moves first, mm. which means he's moved one piece with the anticipation of being terrorised by a chess <laughs> psychopath. And it did, and it, it bugs me to this day. Oh, Jack, that is the most incredible... <laughs> That you saw that. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't remember what the TV show was, but I remember that happening. And I'm so I mean, you could do that. You could do that with your life and just kind of look for signals somewhere. Yeah. Like just kind of go, I'm going to start a game of ghost chess. Yeah. And then you could move the white piece and then I'm going to let God, you know, or a ghost give me signals. And then you just have to, however you read the signals, that's where the, the pieces go. You go. What you're describing, though, is a fa- like such a great little tidbit or like little clue that would would play out in a in a Sherlock Holmes mystery or something like that. Like the fact yeah. that whoever moved first, I mean, yeah, I love it. I love it. Little tidbit, little 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 clue. Is the is telephone the, train hold the, up? Thank you. The, um, I, I, I wonder just to go back briefly to my crazy. Uh, uh, impersonator my, train my trouble is that we're having it we're finding it a little bit boring so we got to find a way of livening it sure, up sure Alistair bit. okay sure I'm sorry you're finding it boring I'm sorry no 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 but this all I'm saying is 
And I think it's fun, by the way. I think it's so fun. Yeah. I'm having a great time. <laughs> oh, well, you can tell because you're saying that it's yeah. fun. Uh, but but it is it is also that conversation that you have while you're having that uh, that uh, chess game I over the mail. Spiced it right? up with that yeah. chess game. Yeah, sure. Uh, is 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 like uh, what they have now where people are online playing Fortnite or whatever. Mm. I've never played a game online, so I don't know. But but isn't everyone always just like talking the most obscene, disgusting stuff to each other and like making each other want to commit suicide and that sort of thing in the in the in the chat that they have on those games? There's a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, There's I just think like 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 a, like a bit of that real toxic yeah. uh, male chess uh, like, culture yeah, could so, be interesting because that's a I think a lot of the things in the world right now is that people are being so horrible to each other where they kind of. In a way, they couldn't because you would you were less uh, anonymous in the past. Mm. When now it's like you're totally anonymous. You can you can really go real out there with how fucked you are as a person. You know. Sure. So this is like a early pre technology just in chess matches where people wanted to get really get their horribleness of their personality and talk shit to each other that they couldn't do in a face to face chess match. Yes. But does that mean that you have to? Just send your guy out, mm. your impersonator out, to yeah. find somebody who will play long distance yeah. chess with you and take your <laughs> and abuse. Who doesn't know An- who you are anonymously, yeah. I suppose. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean it's so somebody who's lonely enough, who wants, you know, who yes. who, who, who needs a friend and a you know who's willing to play a really long term piece of a game game of chess. Mm. Is, has the has the the bench space for just having a game of chess on the go for the next f- six to seven months? Yeah, uh, waiting for somebody to show up on the train and yell abuse yeah. at them, <laughs> then, yeah. and then make a single chess move, and then wait maybe several weeks again before it happens. Once well, that's more. right. So they also have to not be fragile. That you know that they'll you know that they'll retreat back to their loneliness where they were probably quite comfortable. And they have to have a lot of free time so that they have to be by the chessboard or whatever and they're not going to miss this person who presumably wouldn't want to show up and then have to wait around for several days stewing on the abuse that they're supposed to deliver. But then again, you know, sitting around stewing might be a nice break from all that traveling. (laughs) All the travels. All those train journeys they're taking. Um, you could another way to do to create this kind of effect would be some kind of ye olde sort of box that you would go and sit in. Maybe there'd be a curtain drawn across across the chessboard, or it would be darkened in some way, and you could you could uh, just sort of abuse the people that you were playing against. But I guess playing chess in a dark, not being able to see the pieces, would be pretty. I difficult. mean, I guess just trying to find older old timey forms of. Ways of anonymously abusing people is uh, mm. is kind of a fun thing. Maybe just you used to go to tar pits and cover yourself in tar mm. yeah. and walk around and sort of just abuse each other. But because of the tar, you can't move super fast and hurt each other. Yeah. Well, tar was in some ways like a technology, just like the internet that was discovered and was quite useful. And then you know, as with any technology, people find a way to use it to to harass and to hurt. And, you know, amongst them would be the people who cover themselves in tar and then use the veil of an anonymity that tar <laughs> offers to 
um, cyberbully teens. <laughs> You're yeah. sitting in your house minding your own business, doing your homework as a teenager. Yeah, and a, a uh, man covered head to toe in tar lumbers up to your house, after, like crawling from a tar pit. Yeah, it's like, now, it's like hey. tar is pretty hot as yeah. well, isn't it? Like cooking and <laughs> screaming. Yeah. It's, hey, weakling. <laughs> hey, fuck you. Yeah. And then presumably runs back to the tar pit. Or <laughs> runs to go grab a shower. Yeah. The child, of course, is so caught up in this, doesn't tell their parents, and nobody knows what they're going through with this sort of online... Online's not the right word, but uh, whatever it was of the time, uh, experience. It's so traumatic. Um, What's... uh, I guess the suit of armour, you know, on the battlefield would have offered a similar kind of a thing, wouldn't Mm. it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They they never talk about the... The verbal bullying in those yeah. sword fights mm. and how and how toxic how toxic those some medieval battles were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because of the anonymity, which gave them that bravery that they needed to yeah. say really, <laughs> was... really quite hurtful things yeah. that they would never have said face to face. It's amazing the hurtful things you can say while you're sort of cutting into somebody's abdomen, yeah. uh, abdomen with your battle axe. Mm. Mm. If anything, it was the harsh words he delivered that hurt the most. Is what he would have said if you had had a chance to interview him as he was (laughs) Mm. last few uh, lumens of light left in his eyes. Yeah, this would be a great scene to go in the movie Graveheart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think we haven't, guys. Would you like me to run you through these sketch ideas? Alistair, I'd like you to run me through. Breathing through drowning. Now, this is it's a complicated one. What but are we going to call it? Um, browning? We could call it browning. Mm, <laughs> we, don't have to, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but ants would hate that. You think ants would hate that? Yeah, ant, ants, I think, are... They're drawn to water, are they not? They are drawn to water. I think they like water, yeah. Yeah. But, but then, unless they're those fire ants, they a lot of them can still drown, right? Yeah, I guess maybe they would. But ants like... don't have lungs, I don't believe, right? Don't they, like most insects, breathe through tiny little holes in their skin? I'm not sure. but Yeah, maybe the, the idea of all this lung talk would infuriate them. Yeah, I, I, think they, I think they would probably think that we were squandering quite perfectly good lungs. Yeah, by, they want by, lungs by adding a, a Drew sluice oh, to yeah. the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> the Drew yeah. sluice. The spruce sluice. Yeah, the the the, 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 Goose. the Drew Spluce. Anyway, it's where you. It's, it's because it's you know most of drowning is just the this fear is, of change. This is every time I have to name a comedy festival show. It's just everyone going this Drew Sluice Boost <laughs> Boost Moose Sluice Goose. The Drew Sluice. Yeah. The Drew Sluice is uh, yeah. is uh, it's just picked it for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you gotta. You can get oxygen in your lungs. Through swallowing uh, into your lungs loads of water, mm. but um, but you need loads, so that's mm. why you got to create a sluice down the bottom and push loads and loads of water through, like like you're mm. uh, like a sort of like you're a, a, jet shark, ski. a shark whale or a jet ski, mm. shark whale or whale shark whale, whale shark, shark. Mm. ski jet shark? or jet ski ski ski, ski jet ski jet yeah, yeah. <laughs> no those are the jets that you put on a regular set of skis to yeah. make you go super fast. Yeah. And win and win the competition. Oh. <laughs> you won the competition. Well, you know, with your jets, ski jets. Um, then there's the person who sets up the Patreon so that they can live underwater. Yeah. Um, 
effectively they're they're kind of like one of these people who that's like a like a digital nomad that just can work from anywhere and they they don't have to pay rent because they don't live anywhere they live in their van or whatever like that but this is a person who's found a way of getting away from uh, rent costs food costs and everything like that by just living fully underwater but then just makes a little money on the side by webcamming everything that their yeah. life underwater and then uh, I can't Sometimes remember. blasting water right into someone's face. <laughs> yeah, when a Patreon near supporter. The, the seaside. Yeah, near the seaside or near a dinghy. Yeah, that oh, it yeah, could be somewhere, dinghy? somewhere out in the middle of the ocean. Oh, yeah, great! International that sounds unsafe, waters. but anyway, yeah, yeah maybe well, they got washed out there. Yep. Maybe it was a a larger boat that had dinghies on it for side trips. Yeah, indeed. Side trips to just like a different, different bit of the bits ocean. Of the ocean yeah. <laughs> different bits of the middle of the ocean. That are also very close to the main boat as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think it's also okay to just go on long trips in a dinghy. <laughs> it's not okay to do that, Alistair. It's, it's really irresponsible of you to put that uh, kind of message out there on um, a platform like this podcast. I want you don't realise how many kids look up to you. I want anybody who's listening, especially if you're really young and impressionable, <laughs> to know that it is fine to just fill up your dinghy with petrol and you don't even have out. to fill it up. You don't even have to fill it up. Just go out and as not far even as the motor. We're talking the dinghy, the dinghy full of petrol. And just row. You could just row your boat <laughs> and gently straight into the center of the into, ocean. Into the center of the ocean, and that is fine. <laughs> and do do it. <laughs> Fuck, I hope this doesn't come back to get us in any way. Send me a, a, a selfie. The <laughs> <laughs> center of the ocean. Big thumbs up. Big, big thumbs up. <laughs> I did it, Al. Now what? <laughs> okay, now come back. Get safely. Come back or safely. Or I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, then we got constant eating, constant low-key shitting. That's that's our product that gets invented by the people who yep. run the municipalities uh, so that they can control yes. the populace and stop. Uh, crime goes down. Um, there's no more loitering outside of shopping centers. <laughs> um, and but people, yeah, people are just in a constant state of eating because it's nice, mm. but it's foam coming out of holes. Yeah, and uh, people are just walking from hole to hole on their way to work. Do you think this a is a metaphor is for fun. social media or checking your phone or something like that? No, no, no. no it's, cool. a, it's a metaphor for going from hole to hole and eating foam. Yeah, okay, great. And then having a constant long shit that just never stops. <laughs> that look, just that, that stream. That wouldn't be that, dif- that different from an aero bar. It's true. Stream. <laughs> it would look like, like, a, like a sort of a factory that made... Um, Ravioli. Oh. They're all connected. Is that ravioli, is it? Ravioli are connected when you make them. Oh, I guess they when must you... be. I think all pasta probably is connected when you make it, isn't it? Not all of it. Oh, good. <laughs> There's some bits that, get, that you drop in the bowl. But not ravioli. Helian <laughs> <laughs> um, Foods Restaurant. Best dining experience of your life. Can you get on that show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, what was it? You feel somewhere between a bird and a fish. It's the main selling between, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bird and a fish. I imagined when you're talking about that, I was imagining you with like one of those sandwich boards, like spruiking on the street. It's like, yeah. get in here. You feel somewhere between a bird and a fish. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we always bring it back to Hessen Blumenthal, but he's always making foods look like other foods. He's never making you feel like a different animal. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that'd be great, though, if he did that. If he like, oh, it'd be so good. If even if it was just like a plate of bird seed, and you had to eat it like a bird, <laughs> like that, like by pecking at the but plate. Does he dress yeah. you up in a big bird? Costume? Yeah, he gets you a big beak, <laughs> and then at the end you can eat the beak. Actually, you can eat the beak. Oh. End, was it marzipan? The, it was a marzipan. <laughs> the waiters are constantly shooing you out to the yeah. restaurant, and you go like, "Well, if yeah. I, this doesn't feel right." <laughs> yeah. so You've got to duck in when the. Um, uh, the sliding automatic doors are open. Peck yeah. a few things off a coffee table yeah. there. There's, and, there's and giant people eating at giant tables, <laughs> and you're eating puppet. scraps under. <laughs> you're yes. scurrying yeah. amongst it <laughs> like a sparrow. And the waiters are dressed as cats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're killing a lot of your friends. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> um, so it's like somewhere between being a bird and kind of like paintball. Because, yeah. you know, yes. people are dying around you and things like that. And people love paintball. People love fun dining experiences and birds. It's perfect. Nobel Prize for chicken or or volivants. And this is essentially we've discovered that there's, I think there's been drugs in the, mm. in the thing. But, but because whatever. They had scientific consensus. Because all mm. the major scientists were and and people of literature of, of mm. influence in literature and Bob Dylan Bob Dylan was there and he's writing a song about <laughs> yeah. it and it's so it. persuasive it's so persuasive and and it's motivating a generation of mm. people mm. to for a revolution <laughs> and um the real and peak times in Bob Dylan's career was sort of like 60s revolutionary songs mm. and then when he ate some weird crab meat in 2018. <laughs> in 2018. His, his rebirth of at Bob the, Dylan. At the Nobel <laughs> yeah. uh, announcement. And, uh, and then he changed the direction of the world because I think of, both of those periods would have been pretty psychoactive times for him. Yeah. Was it, they didn't realize it was a new type of crab. I think maybe like, you know, they just thought they were fishing out the regular type of crab, but there would have been a split... Ah. There'd been a split in the uh, in the species, mm-hmm. and one whose meat was psychoactive. Yeah, it was a new species, but they they fished them all, made them into volivants. Fished them all, sent them straight to the Nobel Prize yeah. ceremony. <laughs> well, it looked just like the other ones. The only yeah. difference, oh, was just uh, the psychoactive meat. Mm-hmm. And the irony is that it was the scientists who came out of their shells. That's right. That is, yeah. And, and the crabs. Mm. And the crabs. Yeah. That was Oh, no, because they're soft shells. So soft I think shells. you eat, Thank yeah, you. you keep them in the shell. Mm. You're right. I apologize. And then we got the uh, early version of sort of online game abuse, but in chess with one guy who impersonates the other person. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think I'm happy to go with the idea that you're covered in tar and you're running and then, around. Well, then we've also got the early tar-based uh, anonymous abuse. Right. How did people used to anon- abuse people anonymously? <laughs> well, you'd have to go down to the pit. Yeah. Down to the tar pit, get covered up. Then lurch out. Lurch out into the village. Yeah. <laughs> screaming. <laughs> screaming and walking into people, uh, pe- peeping through people's windows, yeah. yelling at them. You're fucked. You're <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel? I, don't, I think ants would also hate the floating food sketch because... That the crumbs are going to be levitating. Yeah, and, food well, being where ants are, I reckon is ants' favorite thing. Yes, and to take that away from them. Mm. 
but but I think crumbs would fall off from the from the mostly air, like the puff the puffy area, especially as you're kind of like trying to catch foods, volivants probably in your mouth. Um, there'd be a lot of stuff bouncing off and falling on the ground. Falling on the ground, and the ants would would thrive in that environment. Absolutely. Okay, ants would love that. So, uh... Thank you for giving me back my dog. Really appreciate your generosity. I will treat it well. Well... I don't think that's generosity if they're just giving back a dog a dog that they stole. But it's, but it's selfishness if they keep it. They cleaned the sure. dog and gave it back to him. <gasps> the opposite, of and they gave him an extra dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said, "I'm sorry for stealing your dog. Here's your dog and a better dog as and well." <laughs> Whenever people offer a reward for returning a dog, it's never a better dog, is it? I think <laughs> that is yeah. what they should be on the sign. Say, "Big reward offered." Better dog. Other dog. Yeah. <laughs> Other if you dog. like stealing dogs, I have found I've stolen a much better dog. That's the best way of getting your dog back. Because sometimes you just We know like, these people want dogs. Yeah. That's why they've stolen the dog. And the problem is, is that you it doesn't matter if it's a shit dog, you love it. The heart wants what it wants, right? Mm. Yeah. So my heart wants a better dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know. Yeah, exactly. Because the the people stealing the dogs, they aren't stealing from a place of. They don't love the dog. They don't have a sentimental. They attachment. just want like, a dog. They want a dog, and possibly they think this is the best dog they'll ever see. So they think I'd better <laughs> take this dog, and then it's just up to you to prove them that there are plenty more dogs in the sea, and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they're breathing through uh, Drew Sluice. Because they're on their way to becoming seals. Sluice. And they're available for dogs. Mm. <laughs> Should start a new podcast called Drew Sluice. I don't know why. <laughs> but like somebody with a Drew Sluice, it may also die. You get different comedians to talk about their favorite sluice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like it. And Nick you can Mason, start with if it. there's any availabilities on the network, <laughs> there's no sluice-based <laughs> podcasts presently. I'm just saying it's a real, <laughs> we, real gap in the we market here. We started the episode talking about Jack's history of failed podcasts, <laughs> but we're leaving him with a real winner here. Yeah. I feel like I've had enough failed podcasts that I've, I've, I've figured it all out and, and what, they, what I need, and that's sluices. And, <laughs> and I, rec- I reckon you may have, may have found a gap in the market. Mm. A little sluice in the yeah. market, yeah. <laughs> where there's—I don't think there's any sluice podcasts. No, there's um, a lot of loose podcasts. A lot of loose mm. podcasts. A lot of two talking heads. Sometimes yeah, yeah. three. Hey, and those are the best ones. Thank you so much, Jack. Where Thank can you people find me. you on the the internet? Uh, I'm on at, at Jack Drews on Twitter, and you have and a newsletter. I have a newsletter that I do that you can. The information to sign up to that is on my Twitter. Um, it's a very good newsletter. Thank I you. I um, I really enjoy doing them. It's a fun little little job to write a nice thing every couple of weeks. And people can find some of your comedy on YouTube. Yep. Uh, and I'm releasing an album of my comedy quite soon, so I don't I don't have a link to that. But if you like my comedy and you would like to hear it, just follow me on Twitter, and I've got a an album of that from my comedy festival show. Uh, this year yeah. it was a really awesome show I loved it so much and also Thanks. just YouTube Jack Drews and you'll find a whole bunch of winning bits winning bits is yeah. what I call them you have some of the winningest bits yeah and I'm at Alistair TB I'm at I'm, Stupid Old Andy and we're at Two and Tank uh, you can 
review us on iTunes. You can sign up to our Patreon and, and just give money generously like a man giving another man back his dog. <laughs> and, uh, and then also you should know that we, we love, love you. you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.